0: Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday night. It's time for your street fight for the week. Thanks for tuning in as long as you have. Thanks for sending us messages. Thanks for buying our shirts. Thanks for buying all of our stuff. Thanks for building this great community. It's all because of you that we continue to do what we do. And uh, I'm still amazed by it.
1: And
0: I'm happy that we get to spread this mess across the US every single week, two times a week. This Sunday, we're taking calls again. You want to hear your spooky Halloween stuff, we'll take a listen to that, or whatever you want to do, Sunday nights from 9pm to midnight Eastern Standard Time, uh, we want to hear from listeners, we don't get to, we don't do any real work anymore, so we want to know what's going on in the workplace, if you want to support what we do, and you want more than what, more than this, head to patreon.com slash Radio. $3 will get you access to our zine, $5 will get you access to our digital content. will get you access to the digital zine and all of our digital content. Uh, And we need submissions. So if you're a writer or artist and you want to make a little bit of money right now, uh, consider submitting something for the Street Fight Zine. You can go to streetfightradio.com and at the very top there is a link that says Zine Submission. When you click on it, you'll get all of your information. Uh, Send it our way. We're doing the best we can to get these things out a couple a month. So enjoy if you just signed up we're doing playing a little bit of catch up right now but uh if you haven't signed up for the patreon now is a great time to do it shocktober 2 is going to be happening uh into november we got the man cow episode coming up uh howard stern was just recorded earlier this week uh we've got an alcohol zine coming out in november so it's a great time to sign up for that street fight patreon patreon please consider doing so
2: what's up man cow week for brian that's man cow up. week that's man you, cow week
0: you're just gonna listen to man cow pretty much
2: mostly man cow this week i get up in the morning and listen to music like two albums or i the lately the misfits i get up and listen to misfits for a while okay usually like a, the first hour hour and a half i'm up and then when it's shocked over you know i go right into whoever I'm listening to that week. And this week it's man cow. So
0: is it like when you hit the road?
2: What do you mean when I walk? Yeah. So I listen to the misfits while I'm getting dressed and getting ready and all that stuff. And then I get about an hour away from my house and I switch on to uh man cow starting right. this week. So oh. yeah, it's a lot of, uh, uh, it's good times. It's,
0: it's really fun. So, uh, uh, I mean, he yeah, man, man, man cow sucks awesomely. Like yeah, he, you could, we could do a whole man cow series. Yeah, 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 yeah you, for sure. You were sharing some videos today of an interview that he did recently. That are ju- it's just mind boggling. There's just he is an absolute trap. Like once you, once you lay eyes on him, you're drawn in, and there's no way you can avoid paying attention. Like he he will grab your attention. On on, I mean, just how amazingly
2: pathetic he's pathetic (laughs) he's a
0: very pathetic guy
2: yeah and uh you know last year he was on as a guest but this year he's also on as a guest but he's also a uh guest who Uh i'm not talking about chris chris is the co-host
0: no. Yeah. But okay.
2: Last I know year's all the,
0: you know, I know you call man cow, a guest.
2: Oh no, no, no. I wasn't talking about man cow. Oh, the guest for the man cow episode is the same as it was last year. It's drew Spears. But this year, drew Spears is a writer on our TV show too. He's, he's one of the f- four people that are writing this TV show. So you get to meet him again and, and become familiarized with him. He is a part of the family. Pretty much. You'll, you'll get to know him on the uh, TV show quite a bit. Him and Simone. Right. Uh, You know, there, there's four of us now Yeah, when it it comes to, they're the only other two people we've trusted to do creative work with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a really big challenge. I think that, you know, normally we would have to go through a few people and like have them wash out or not do the thing. But, uh, Simone and Drew both are just like, I mean, we picked the right people for the job. They're, they're more professional than we are. They've written scripts and acted and done stuff before
2: and they're uh, funny they're both they're funny so hell, yeah. funny they they both have like they both can help with an angle and here's the other thing about those two they tell us when what we're doing is not funny which is like that's me and brett do that to each other but we also think each other are the two funniest people in the world so it becomes very difficult because i think most of what brett says is funny so i i I am uh so it's really like they come at us as a singular force you know what i mean i mean not that me and you agree on everything but we agree on a lot of stuff it's our sense of humor for 10 years you know right it's our collective so there's a little behind the scenes tv stuff it's fun writing the tv show has been fun it's it's almost done with the fun part and it's down to acting which is the new thing that causes my anxiety it's that's my uh new ang- anxious uh anxious thing it's like i was anxious about writing the show but then once that started happening i was like okay uh and i'm not real anxious about other stuff in my life like i'm not having freak outs or anything like that about money or any of that stuff And, uh, that's all been replaced with like, I, I gotta act and I'm not going to be good at it and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause that's just the way I work. If I don't have something, if I don't have something fueling me (laughs) that makes me miserable and anxious, then I don't know how to live.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have similar thoughts, uh, in that it's, uh, this is something that we say we wanted to do. This is something we asked for, but is so far beyond like what i what i know how to do mm-hmm. and it's just i'm so worried that it's not going going to live up to to what i want and it's like this is the moment where you're just to be like let's not try let's not try because it could be bad and yeah. i feel like if i tried and it was bad then i'm gonna feel bad yeah you know
2: I think, I yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the stuff that we've written for sure. It's whether we can make it happen on <laughs> make it happen is the thing that gets me now. That's right. where my anxiety comes in. But, you know, it's like that with anything you try that you've never done before. You know, anything like that. And this is a
0: team you. effort. And Nick from means is going to come down and he'll be able to take most of that heavy lifting on how to get it done. He knows how to get shit done. But I am also trying to figure out how to do costumes and actors and locations and like, cause that stuff has to be figured out. You can't just like, we aren't on like a TV show, an actual TV show where someone else does that.
2: No, this is very DIY TV show, but that, that, Hey, you know, it's going to be good. I think if you like this show, you're going to like the TV show. I think what we have in store is very cool. So my right, little TV show talk, What's the plan, um, you know, election years are weird years, right? Where where people just don't act normal, you know, like, especially with Trump, it feels like this is like a new, it's not a new thing, but like people go over the line quite often, you know, with this thing where it's like overreaches where like people sort of feel like I have to let my beliefs be known.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel I, I feel that way too a little bit. I, I feel like I want to be more out there. I'm also mad about all the cowards that quit Facebook because it got too toxic. It's like you fucking losers have no stomach for anything. Really, people yeah. quit
2: because it was too toxic. Oh yeah, I uh, quit because I hated it.
0: Lots of liberal friends are now like, that's just a bad thing for me. It's just, it's too, it's bad for my, for, for my. Uh, you know, my my mental health, you know, stuff like that. And it's yeah. like, shut up. You need to acknowledge the world that you live the in. They like, exist. You, yeah.
2: Yeah, like the world is this. It's like that thing where you always say, like, where you see people say, this isn't America. Right. You know? And you're like, nope, it is. Right. This is America. That's- this
0: is what this country is. I want to I don't I wish I knew the name, but uh, my favorite tweet this week that like really gave me wind beneath my wings for the whole thing was someone said, what was the least important election that's ever happened?
2: There's never been. There's
0: never been one. Every time has been the most important election of our lifetime. Every time I've had to all the way from 2002 until 2020 has been the most important election ever. This one feels, you know, I know you
2: might say this every year, you know, I, I didn't feel that last time. I actually felt like the last election was just a throwaway until the result, you know, uh, but, but, uh, um, because I didn't think Trump could win, you know, so it just kind of felt like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's preordained who cares, whatever. But, uh, this one, because of the pandemic, I think is important. I don't know if it's the most important one. I saw a recent article that said it's the most important one since like Abraham Lincoln. And it's like, well, we should have somebody, not that I think Abraham Lincoln was great, but shouldn't we have got somebody that could rise to that occasion?
0: Yeah. It's been, it's a, long, it's been a long time without a champ.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh, competitive because, you know, the guy they picked, but, uh, uh, It is important this time. And, and like, I don't know, I still don't know what I'm going to do. I've had this weird thing in my mind where it's like, I wasn't going to vote in any more presidential elections. I said that. right? Right. And I voted in 2012, maybe. I don't know if I did or not. Actually, I voted in 2008 and then sat out for the next few. Right. Uh huh. And this time I feel like I have this thing in my head, right? We're in a pandemic. We know what we have with Trump, which is a lot of nothing. You know, and also like actively muzzling doctors and and just stuff like that, like just actively staying away. I saw the article today that said Jared Kushner said Trump is wrestling the country back from the doctors, and it's like he shouldn't be at war with yeah, not with the doctors.
0: The doctor. <laughs> Don't wrestle with the doctors. No, no, no. Is he talking about the TV show The Doctors?
2: I wish. No, he's talking about doctors. He's like these doctors got the whole country freaked out, and it's like because it's fucking freaky man <laughs>
0: they got their lion mouths covered
2: yeah 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 so like i don't know man i i i think it's silly in my mind it i i, I posted this so bear with me in my mind it feels silly to agonize over something so small yeah. in the grand scheme of things look people when when we talk about activism and people conflate voting to activism, we make fun of them yeah. because voting is like nothing. Right. And uh, I do feel like it's nothing. So I have this like flip side thing where it's like, well, I might as well vote for Joe Biden because I would like it if somebody would at least actively try to get the pandemic under control instead of like try to, get the doctors to shut up and quit being a buzzkill. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what Joe Biden's going to do. And I hardly think that he's going to, I don't know, but I know what Trump's going to do. And that's where I'm in my mind. I'm like, look for selfish, purely selfish reasons. I want to go on tour really bad. You know, I want, I want to get back to the things I love to do. I want to be indoors with my friends, you know? And, uh, uh, so, I mean, I'm leaning toward, I'm not doing it till election day. That's my plan. Okay. You know, I'm not going to go wait in that line and I'm too late to mail it. I think, cause I don't have one. I'm going to wait till election day, but I think I'm going to do it. You know, I know this is a disappointment to a lot of listeners of this show, but like, I just, I just want this pandemic to end. I, I, I am freaked out about the world right now, you know, and uh, I feel like it's just this small minuscule fucking thing that if I do it, my brain will be like, well, you did what you could, you know what I mean? (laughs) And if I don't do it, my brain will be like, well, you didn't do anything. And and it it is next to nothing, you know, it is next to is no skin off my back. Well, you know.
0: you know what, since it's happening on Tuesday, I'll go ahead and just be honest so that we can be done with this thing. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if because my station of, in life has gotten better, but um, I spent 2009 and 2012 and 2016 thrashing around online telling people I wouldn't vote to make them mad. And this year I was just so tired of it. Like just seeing people like saying like they have to earn my vote and it has to be this or that. I mean, I I have been there before, but I just totally sidestepped that. You know, Nick Nick came to us and was like, you know, this is like ridiculous. Never, you know, we got to do something else. I've given up on America. I'm turning my back on him. Not participating is my vote. And, um, I just can't be brought to believe I can't be brought to do that anymore because it doesn't produce anything. Yeah. I mean, like you said, um, I had them mail me a ballot and I'm going to fill in a bubble and I'm going to go drop it in a box and, um, I don't care what happens or not. And I actually spent zero time defending any side I've, I've done great. And I had I didn't have to, I haven't had no, Bad feelings, no depressive episodes. Yeah. I haven't spent any time being mad online, arguing with people over who what the vote's going to be. I simply do not give a fuck about it. I'm truly agnostic about voting. And uh, I'm just going to go put the paper in the box. Yeah. I mean, it, it,
2: again, it, the thing I just said is is it's it's really... It's a nothing thing. And to agonize over it and to also just... I have I what you just said there is a really good point because people that aren't voting, I fucking get it, man. I don't I have, care. I I don't think it's your fault if nothing happens. I think like the people that aren't voting are probably I think of them as being because I'm agonizing over this choice, I even see them as more principled than me when shit is hard. They were at when, when shit is hard, they were able to keep that principled stance. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I am leaning towards it just because again, I just, I want doctors to run the pandemic response.
0: Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean?
2: That's what I want. I do
0: hate Donald Trump. I want to say no to Donald Trump. You know? Yeah. That, that's really, you know, that's, I the, do
2: hate his guts
0: and that's the best I can hope for. I know is that he loses,
2: but here's, here's. The reason I brought up the election, because I, I, I saw this article, right? Uh, you've heard of Hivey, right? The- I haven't
0: actually voted also. Just we'll see if it happens. I I actually was... I said I voted in 2016 and never sent it in. So that could be... A- oh, I
2: didn't vote in 2016. I never even claimed to have. I said, no, I will not vote for Hillary Clinton. Right, right. I, yeah, I guess... I'm in the same place with Joe Biden. I, I don't want to vote for him. But anyway, uh, you, re, you know the store hy Do you remember the store hy when we were in Iowa?
0: Yeah. It's, it's like uh, a
2: big grocery store yes, chain. Yes. Right?
0: They got, yeah.
2: <laughs> Randy Etiker, CEO of hy is concerned about the election, specifically how it will affect taxes. Now, well, the reason I brought this up is because CEOs don't <laughs> usually... Get involved with this kind of thing. What were you gonna say?
0: Uh, well, I'm sorry. I was as soon as I looked up Hy-Vee, it just says Hyvee, your employee-owned grocery store. Yeah. Well, I, I don't... That means they give him shares. Yeah,
2: I don't know if it's all employee-owned. Right. In a video to employees which aired in employee break rooms across the grocery store giant's eight-state region, Etiker stated, I never endorse and I try not to ever push a certain candidate or a direction. I always try to speak about hy I have some of the concerns about some of the policies that are being discussed by some of the candidates. I bet you
0: can't guess which candidate
2: he has concerns
0: about. Well, I know what I've seen is as we get close to this election, the more rich you are, the more Donald Trump you are. And it's
2: this is so funny to me because like. That's true, too. I walk by houses that are the size of a fucking castle <laughs> that have Donald Trump signs in their yard, you know? <laughs> right. But uh, but I find this really funny because it's a video that was playing in the break room to employees of this company, right? Like, yeah. he made people sit down and, and no, listen. he knew he had an
0: audience. He, yeah. he knew he was like, I have a couple hundred employees that I can get to. Yeah, it's not fair though. <laughs> there was also, oh man, who sent us that story about a an employer that was going to like punish everybody if Biden won.
2: I didn't, I did not see that. But okay, so this guy's like, and the changes in taxes were part of the way we were able to bring a lot of good things to the employees this past year. Social unrest, unfortunately, continues to be a problem around the community. And we continue to invest in our local groups who really think we can bring unity to our town. Etiker's message is clear. Donald Trump and the chaos, chaos of his presidency have been good for business.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In the <midst> chaos, of- <laughs> we love the chaos. Hey, it, hey, it's good for business. I they're, mean, an- they're anarchists now.
2: Yeah, well, they like the idea that like so much is going on that they can just keep cutting corporate taxes. Yeah, you know
0: they like that they can get uh, extra money to pay their em- to to take care of their employees' wages. Uh, they like that people are spending more than ever at the grocery store right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing it says in this thing. In an email, a hy spokesperson, Tina Potoff, said, due to COVID-19, many supermarkets have set records this year with so many consumers opting to eat at home versus eat out. hy had more than $11 billion in sales in, in exactly. FY20 financial year 2020 compared to slightly more than $10.6 in sales in uh, uh, 2019. Dude, what, the f-
0: what a piece of shit, man. Well, that's disgusting. Yeah. It's a- hey, you know what? Uh, we get all this COVID get clears up. You know where people are gonna get their food? Restaurants. Yeah. People are gonna go to a dive bar. They're gonna get cheeseburgers. They're not gonna go buy beef from Hyvee. They're gonna head down to the local burger shack instead. Now people are sitting inside. They're buying their beers at the bar. They aren't buying their beers from Hyvee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to lay you all off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that- the grocery stores have have been ruthless through this whole thing because they have been open the whole time uh uh i quit going to kroger uh in my neighborhood and it's tough for me to have quit because it is cheaper than the giant eagle that i go to giant eagle more expensive than kroger
0: for that premium experience
2: but kroger right has given up and just terrible
0: and and like that's has always been terrible i was surprised how rah rah they were during the the quarantine because like they could not back any of that up
2: it's dirty place dude i said this on the show before but they replaced the people sanitizing the carts which look i don't know if they're just playing spraying water on the carts you know, I don't know what they're doing at Giant Eagle, but they have people out there spraying the carts with still some. Yeah, we don't need
0: that, though. And they
2: that. got people standing outside uh, selling masks before you go in with the and they got a hand sanitizer out there you can use and they'll give you the mask for free if you ask for it And they got the one way aisles in there. That's nice. And I'm like, maybe this is all theater, but it makes me feel good that they've even considered doing Sure. This, you know, rather than Kroger who, who, <laughs> who puts a spray bottle and a roll of paper towels and a plastic bat and a metal basket on the way in. And if you want to grab it and wipe off the carts, you can, you know? Yeah. So, uh, the other weird thing that it talks about in here, that's a really good point is that they've also, all these stores have cut back hours Yeah. pretty drastically. And they're, they're down to just they close at 10,
0: 11 o'clock, right? Which is, uh, uh, they're probably running with their their same like two shift crew or getting rid of a third shift or something. And, but having those people do all the work,
2: saving labor costs, right? You know, they're closing the place so they can, they, they don't have to have people there working at the registers or any of that stuff. You know, they're all closing early. I wonder if they're ever going to go back to being 24 hours. I feel Uh, like none of these places are going to go back to being 24 hours.
0: Yeah. I, 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 you know, there's, there's nothing that I could make that prediction on. We've
2: been asking them to go away from 24 hours for uh, nine years on this show. Really? I I I always feel like 24 hours. I always feel like I am personally because I'm selfish. Yeah. But as far as like for the employees. Oh, right. You know what I mean? I've always felt like, yeah, we've always said on this show, you don't have to be open 24 hours. Have You we? know, we, I have always said on this show uh, that you shouldn't have the expectation that you can get anything you want anytime you want, like that we have to dial back that expectation a little bit but like I use it and I like having things open 24. I like to be able to go to places at two in the morning. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's not a real principled stance I'm taking. I just think
0: like, I guess I more three, people get jobs. Three, eight hour shifts, man. That's that's three, eight hour shifts today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I am pro 24 hours. I'm living later at night and uh, I don't like that. Things are closed.
2: And that's high, a lot of us. Hyvee is putting m- big money behind the election, according to FEC filings. Etiker and several other members of Hyvee's corporate leadership are regular monthly donors and the primary sponsors of the Hyvee Employee Political Action Committee. The PAC has given money primarily to Republicans this year, including thirty thousand to the Republican Party of Iowa, 500 dollars to the South Dakota Republican Party, two thousand to the House Republican. So they're they're using. Employee. It looks like they're using money from the place. So if they are a co-op, then they're terrible.
0: Yeah, it. yeah. Well, that's the employee-owned. It just means we give them a cut of the shares type thing. Probably, I'm guessing. Yeah. This one, um, this one that I was talking about in Florida, in Central Florida, workers at one company are wondering if their future employment has anything to do with how they vote after a letter appeared in their pay up envelopes. It warned, Ugh. if Donald Pre. <laughs> Oh no! If, I said Donald President. Donald if, President's his name. If Donald President Trump doesn't win re-election, they could lose their jobs.
2: Donald President. That's. Uh,
0: is it a small business? You yes. Uh, well, Daniels Manufacturing. I don't know the the size of the.
2: Daniel's manufacturing sounds like Ronnie's computers, so I'm I'm it, gonna lean towards. Yeah,
0: the letter says uh, if Trump and the Republicans win the election, DMC will hopefully be able to continue operating more or less as it has been operating lately. However, if Biden and the Democrats win, <laughs> DMC could be forced to begin permanent layoffs beginning in late 2020 and or early 2021 so preemptively they want to lay people off yeah just like get ready any excuse we got
2: yeah yeah if we if we can come up with a reason we're gonna lay people off for sure Um, a bunch of
0: people quit
2: (laughs) did they really (laughs) yeah a couple did that's cool that's cool. That's a putting your money where your mouth is. It must be a crummy job though, too.
0: Well, you know? I mean, maybe not. I mean, public I'm not, I mean it, it is a crummy job, I'm sorry. But talking about relative size, public records show George Daniels has contributed more than $600,000 to President Trump. Jeez. If you can break off 600,000, I mean,
2: Oh, wow. Even if it's like for two elections, like 300,000 each, that's still yeah. like a lot of money, you know? Yes. Oh, fuck this guy. He probably has a couple mil. He, oh, yeah. He probably has like five mil. He could have. He could have eight figures. This guy could have. He could. What if should've. you're giving away 600 grand, you probably got eight figures. So let's learn a lesson, Brett. Uh, nine rules for being a conservative dad. Oh, wow. Would you like to
0: learn how to be a conservative, dad? I mean, what's who's the authority on this?
2: This is an article from the Washington Post. Whoa. Democracy dies in the darkness. <laughs> the Washington Post? The Washington Post.
0: They have guides like this? Uh, this was
2: 2015, but yeah. Carlos Lozada, a uh, book critic, uh, wrote an article about, you know, how to be a good conservative dad. You know, and this is to their kids, all fathers, much as eventually seem conservative. Not true. That's true. And old fashioned and perhaps even boring. But politically speaking, it is. Is there a uniquely conservative way to be a dad? Weekly Standard editor Jonathan V. Lass has edited an essay collection by 17 conservative writers, policy wonks, and entertainers, all offering advice and reflections on the business of fatherhood. Below are some of their key recommendations. We got to learn, Brett. We're never going to be conservative dads if we don't learn how to be conservative dads.
0: This is the wisdom of 17 conservative dads.
2: 17 conservative <laughs> writers, policy wonks, and entertainers. So this is distilled information. All right. They got uh, entertainers in there. So we know they're smart because entertainers are very smart. You know?
0: Yeah, I am. Um, so that's what we do. You know, I sometimes am saying to myself, this kid is out of control. Yeah. Maybe conservative out- outlook would, would take care of that.
2: Yeah. I beg to differ with all f- fathers must eventually seem conservative because... I kind of feel like I don't come off conservative to my kid. Like, I don't think I come off in any way conservative. I probably am far more of a a liberal parent than... Yeah, could be expected.
0: Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're more showing off like how much edgier you can be than your kid. Yeah,
2: somewhat, (laughs) somewhat. I, I guess. I mean, it's really just about being honest with my kid. You know. Yeah. Like I try to be honest with her, and you know, I also we operate on the same level. I guess is the way that I always think of
0: it. Um. Well, the truth has a liberal bias, doesn't it? Isn't it does. That, what that, that, that bumper sticker it used does. to say,
2: "It does." So here's number one: Be a man, a manly man.
0: Yeah, man, Hulk.
2: Father, fatherhood isn't just manliness last rites in the collections introduction essay it's the purest form of the good side of manliness the side that brings light into the world manliness never brings light into the world that's listen to all the
0: man music it's about the darkness inside it's only (laughs) about darkness
2: manliness uh uh if your fault if we are failing as a nation it may be because we are failing at manliness and if we are failing at manliness it's probably because we're failing at fatherhood what by fatherhood last explains I refer to the raising and caring for as opposed to the string of children the single worst thing men have done over the last two generations is to abandon their families
0: but this is the worst version of manliness that there is we have too much manliness it's fucking awful and this is the disgusting part of it is that like you only love a thing that came out of your wife that's the only thing in the world that a manly man is allowed to love is his wife and his kids. And you're not allowed to display as a conservative dad. There is nothing that you should do to to, to spread that love to anyone else, to, to humanity in general, which are like a stranger, right? To anything. Right. I mean, barely the, even your kid. The only person you hug is your kid. And then after they turn 17, you don't. Uh, even younger probably i mean for boys i mean you stop hugging boys when they get to double digits
2: yeah they turn 10 and you're like you need to get out on your own toughen up you you're gonna be sleeping on the porch from now on. there's not
0: gonna be in eight years there's not gonna be hugs here to to build up whatever you need to get this thing happening
2: i mean you also just kind of don't talk to them you you don't have like meaningful conversations with them and and you
0: uh you work all the time, you work six days a week, twelve hour days, and everybody gives you a round of applause for it, but then you're also too tired to ever participate in the family or create any sort of meaningful memories and your kids think you don't like them they hate they yeah you, and you you're, don't you're, you're they tired don't like and angry you. all the time, yeah yeah, they
2: don't like you, and they think that you don't like them is is that's the kind of adult that's the kind of thing manliness is,
0: right and you kind of you kind of like you know goddamn kids you just that's you've decided that's your response no matter who or how they act you just don't like them because they're a kid
2: yeah you don't like anybody else's kids either like other people's kids you're like fuck those kids you're the man of the
0: house so you don't listen to anything they say you don't acknowledge anything they say or believe right you're the man you're the manliest of man
2: yeah yeah so I disagree with that, but I'll try to be more manly. I'll, I'll pick up a manly I, habit, I guess. To I be work a conservative dad.
0: The more I work and the angrier I get, the more my family complains. Would you? It's just not traditional in this household. We're just <laughs> wacky in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That's the thing. Is like the exhausted parent thing. It goes on both sides, too, because oh, like yeah, woman- basically what's happened is when you talk about work, it's like when both people are working, both people are, are probably not. I mean, when you're se- like when me and Katie didn't have Gwen, we were both working and we could just turn tune each other out. You know, if I didn't feel like being around somebody, right. I could go in another room and watch TV or read or something like that. And that's right.
0: how. Get your alone time.
2: Get your alone time. Or
0: Steam or whatever it is.
2: All that stuff goes away when you get the kid. There's right. not as much of that.
0: Right. You have to go from like very serious, crying conversations. And then your kid comes in and is like, I want to watch Barbie or let's play Barbies or something. And you're like,. You have no moment of rest.
2: No, no. So number two, give them siblings. Oof. Now I'm never going to be a conservative. Give them siblings? Giving your kids a sibling is the best thing you can do for them. And as often as not. And as often as not, they resent you for it, right? Stephen F. Hayes, a senior writer at the Weekly Standard and author of Cheney, the untold story of America's most powerful and controversial (laughs) president. Uh Hayes covers the difficulties and frustrations of trying to have your kids get along. If war is the failure of diplomacy, then sibling fights feel like the failure of fatherhood, but praises the Bond sibling forge. He reminisces about his own childhood experience with his siblings, we were like fraternity brothers who endure hell week together, or soldiers who survive boot camp. And when his parents added a fourth bedroom to the house so the kids could have their own room, they refused. The new bedroom stayed vacant. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't a lot there. You just said a whole bunch.
2: I had siblings growing up, right? uh I like them. They're good, most of them. You know. Yes. They're, this is a four out of five. I can get along with, you know, uh, uh, or three out of four I can get along with, but like my kid doesn't have a sibling, isn't getting one was never in the cards. There was never a time where we were like, maybe we'll just have another one. And I do feel like the amount of attention that I can give to this kid that I have has led to a good kid like i did a good job with my daughter and it's because i could devote all of my attention to one i feel like the way i grew up i'm like a miserable i am like miserable about the way i grew up i didn't like it i felt like uh, uh not really cared about and when i think about why it's these first two things it's my dad is working he doesn't have time for anything there's five of us Uh, How could you ever spread the attention needed to (laughs) take care of five kids? Conservatives act like kids don't need individual special attention that you can just deal with them in the same way. All of them. If you have five, you run them through the same like Play-Doh fun factory. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And it's also, um, I mean... for the conservatives I know that actually say, I've heard these, this stuff said to me, like in conversation, uh, it's also like surviving hell. When you have a man's man for a dad and there's three or four people that are in the torture rack with you, there's a lot of like fun that can be had from the gallows humor of dealing with that situation. Like that's the kind of stuff they like is like. You know, me and my brother, you know, we got the shit beat out of us for throwing firecrackers and that's, you know, you can't trade that in for anything. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I, what is this weird fucking Oliver Twist world that you're in or whatever it is? What is this? I don't, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the fascination with it, especially because I, I've heard this from conservative parents whose own siblings hate each other, whose own siblings are in blood feuds, whose own siblings have said, as soon as the parents are gone, the nice stuff goes away for good. I don't want to see you ever again, and that is uh, very common with people that have siblings. Um, not, it's not me. I, it's not me. I, I get along with my sister. We're gonna get along for the foreseeable future um but that is the case for several people i know they don't talk Their siblings you never talk to again there's brother there's people you grow up with take baths with and then you never see them again yeah. it happens all the time
2: yeah i do know children of conservative parents that are i mean you think about my parents were like libs okay pretty much uh uh you know, I think they have pretty lib beliefs and stuff. Uh, uh, And they had us. And I think about the way I felt growing up. And then I try to think about, man, what would it be like to be one of five kids with conservative parents? And, and like, I do know people that are parts of large families
0: with conservative parents. And you're right. There's multiple blood feuds. Yeah. My own family, like my parents, like, there was Christmases and stuff that we... There was people that I used to go to their house for celebrations and then we just never went again. And then would they <laughs> their funeral happened. Yeah. There, there are people that like when I was a kid, we went to an uncle's house and then we didn't see him for 20 years and then it was his funeral. So I don't know what that... I don't really think that there... I don't think that just having extra people around really does anything to improve one's life. Right. I, I think that... Uh, I think that... I, I think that Gwen we'll be able to host a Thanksgiving and Charlotte will be able to show up with her 39 year old self and they will have a fine time together. I think they'll, they'll be able to reminisce about us and be able to say, I, I don't think that, I think when you teach your kid how to, to live a life, you know, a fulfilling life and a, a life that is self-generate, they self-generate their own joy and purpose and determination. Like it, the, the siblings are, they're just, Bystanders, everybody's bystanders, you know, like there's no, it's a roll of the dice on what the second kid's going to be or what the third kid's going to be, right? There's no guarantee on that, right?
2: Number three, watch TV. Yes, says columnist James Lilick, spend time together watching that wonderful, stupid mass market, infantile corporate loyalty, enhancing, inventive, banal, inspirational, yes. lobotomizing box in the corner. Shows such as Rolly Poly Oly, Teletubbies, Thomas the Tank Engine, and others gave his family endless memories, catchphrases, and inside jokes, and also got them through the days when the screen offered nothing but pain. In the weeks after 9-11, the nightly TV ration, um, the nightly TV ration, a little baby Mozart, a Teletubby show, was the only respite we got from the news, he explains. We sat on the sofa with Novocaine faces, watching the naughty proud crown and the happy goat and the baby-faced sun in the sky, and it felt a little bit like watching Mickey Mouse cartoons could projected on a bedsheet in a bomb shelter. I dreamed of Tinky Winky doing the news in Peter Jennings' place.
0: Now, wow, I love that was an imp- impressive piece of writing. There, I love they started unraveling that thread at the beginning and ended up in an absolutely bizarre place.
2: Now that. Now is about to be the time for Brian to be worse than a conservative dad. I, I don't watch that shit. I'm not watching that. shit. That's kid shit. I don't
0: gonna, watch kid shit. I'm going to say this is when I agree with conservatives, too. Yeah. I think that there is a part of me that does hate all of that stuff and and doesn't want to watch it. And I do get something out of it. Like when my daughter is like trying to to do she does lines from her shows. She's a comedy. She's one of us. She, she copies funny lines from her shows. Erica watches all the shows with her. So when she's like, says something, she's like, Oh yeah. Like Kippo. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably watch Kippo. I need to watch Kippo or the stuff that she likes a little bit. Yeah. To get in there. But at the same time, I hate that shit. I, hate I can't it. watch any chill. I like, I don't watch media made for adults. So media made for children is like a really, as a much farther step.
2: I only watch media made for adults because I, I hate children's stuff. I, I, I watched, I barely watched children's stuff when I was a child. You know, I had, I moved on to, you know, regular ass, you know, adult
0: TV. I was watching NYPD blue when I was like 10 or 11, you know? This all – I actually think this is a great piece of advice. I want to be on – I'm always – I try to be honest and I want to say this is a great piece of advice because also uh, I've been watching Underworld, the whole series, all five movies with my wife and I do not want to watch those at all and I have this very manicured list of amazing horror movies I want to see but – if i get over my attitude and just go to where she's at and enjoy it with her that is a good thing to do
2: yeah yeah i try to find things that me and kate can sit and watch together like you got to want you do have to watch some shows
0: yeah we do i, think, I know you're good at shows you're good at yeah shows.
2: we've been really good at, at finding stuff to watch and we watch the aliens we're watching the mafia movies we're watching uh uh the great british bake off which is just that's a good show. I love that show. I mean one. they just it's make a calming. bread in three hours is yeah. like,
0: what the fuck? That's a calm show. All the people are good characters, everyone's really sweet. It's not a real nasty throwing people under the bus thing.
2: Me and my wife are pretty nasty when we watch it. Well that's what's fun. Just I mean, a that's a couple the, of nasty. Yeah, that's the only freaks. reason to watch
0: it. Oh fuck this guy. Oh fuck you. <laughs> yeah, look at old clam shoes or whatever it is, whatever name you just make a name up for them immediately.
2: Getting mad at the comedians on the show, just like really furious. Like, come on, like right. I don't need this. Let's get down to brass tacks. Who right. made the best bread? You know, or number biscuits. four. Number four. Get your kid a dog.
0: No. Yeah, I hate this idea. No. Yeah, dogs. Absolutely are a- <laughs> not. <laughs> I know. You, what kind of a cons- what kind of a sellout says yes to a dog? How well, are you a tough ass dad? If you like dogs,
2: then you get a dog. Yeah, that makes sense. The way I feel about it is people love dogs. And if you're the adult in the house and you love dogs, get yourself a dog. I'm the adult in the house. Don't love dogs. Don't want myself a dog. You know what? My brother recently got a dog. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) And I, I sometimes will walk down the street and I'll look at it and be like, that's a cute fucking dog. Look at that cute puppy. I love puppies. Yeah. You know? That thing's going to be big and it's going to jump on me and it's going to smell my dick when and my asshole when I come into the house and it's going to bark all the time. And then I'm going to be like, I'm not like hugely into this. You're now.
0: returning the weather channel. It's going to say polar vortex. We've got, we're, we got a wind chill of negative 19 folks. So bundle up and don't go out there if you don't have to. And he's going to be standing in his slippers picking up a piece of shit off of a pile of ice. I know. He's going to be outside every day chasing around a dog's asshole for the shit to come out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand why people like them. And maybe you build a lifelong bond. I just grew up with dogs and I didn't build a bond with them at all. You know, I just don't have it in me. You know, yeah, let's see.
0: And I don't think it's a requirement, man. What is that a requirement for it, this is weird because this is this is the conservative where there I don't think there's any explanation is that like I am man and I have dominion over animals. Like yeah. you just you just conquer a woman, make a baby in her, get a dog. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Get. You have to buy a house. Buy a fucking uh, 69
2: Camaro. Because these guys are also picturing themselves in the future, sitting on like a really big porch with a ceiling fan over them, drinking lemonade or maybe an IPA with an old dog, like laying down next to them, snoring, and like you know maybe like whittling wood or smoking a cigar or something like that. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, they see some kind of a, uh, they see some kind of a life happening in their minds.
0: Yeah, it's so not gonna happen. It's a standard. It's just like it's so weird because it like and, you know, and they get embarrassed constantly for doing it online. Just this weird attraction to uh, to an idea that doesn't exist for most people and uh, isn't really anything to aspire to be. That Matt Walsh blog guy,
2: he posted last week. Not that adults shouldn't celebrate birthdays and it's just like why do you want to live the life where you get to decide who celebrates yeah what i mean people like to celebrate you know the thing is people like to gather in groups and hang out with each other and socialize and talk and sometimes it helps if there's an underlying reason for doing such things.
0: also i mean like like you know our our good friends, like they're part of our lives every single week. You know, I check in. There's people I check in with every single week that I see on the regular. And uh, if they want to go have a party and and I'm going to spend thirty dollars and and buy something for them that they would like, some frivolous thing that they would enjoy. Why would you shut that down? Yeah. What is there to be said about like I'm 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 not a birthdays are special thing, but special guy but i love celebrating birthdays
2: yeah it's
0: nice it's any excuse at all it's, it's the same it's- thing with christmas and the fourth of july Anything. and like all of them yeah is there a costume i can put on is there a theme maybe <laughs> yeah you know, i'll wear a marching band outfit i don't give a <laughs> i want something to like liven it up instead of just sitting at the house and drinking instead
2: right i feel like days where you collectively agree to hang out and party yeah. seem like really good ideas
0: and it's funny to yeah to yeah, to to put the focus on one person, you know, yeah. celebrate one person. I don't get it.
2: It is. Uh, stupid. So the reason they want you to get dogs is this is from Jonah Goldberg, which is a re- he's a really dumb guy from uh he wrote a book called liberal fascist liberal fascism and as the senior editor at National Review dogs serve as a reminder that some bonds are stronger and more deeply felt than those that can be described by politics or the ephemeral pieties of any given moment dogs inculcate a sense of rightly ordered priorities and dogs teach you an awful lot about life there are a lot of work and the trauma of losing a dog is one of those cruel realities that can be hard to impose on a child at an early age but that That's the point. That's the point
0: is to teach your kid about death by having their dog die. (laughs) I think so. Okay. I did. Um, you know what? Uh, my wife got mad at me for being me, uh, because when she got the cat, I said, um, well, you know what, when the first thing that happens is when anything new comes into my life, I imagine it dead. Oh. Like I get it over with now. I just like, once we got the cat, I'm like, I'm going to have to carry her limp body and put it, I'm going to have to figure out what her, her graveyard is going to be like. Like I, I, from the beginning of any journey, I always figure out what, I always am looking to the end to be, to figure out what the whole thing is going to be. Yeah. And with animals, that is like, you have to bury this thing that when you buy it, you're going to bury it. That's a guarantee.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I guess, you know, it is good to teach them. I just feel you know like what? you're I treating t- the dog like you're, you're like treating the dog kind of like a pawn in your life where it's like, I bought this dog cause it's going to die. Let me, and then I won't have to explain to my kid that everybody's going to die.
0: Let me tell you some realness though. Um, my, I didn't see my dad die at my grandma's funeral, but I heard my dad crying when my dog died.
2: Yeah? Yes,
0: yeah, so this is the only time I've ever seen my dad cry or heard my dad cry was when my dog died. Yeah,
2: dad's love dogs, they, man. Katie's dad. They like them more has, than anybody
0: else. That's the yeah. problem is that once you get the dog, Manly. then you start saying like, well the dog's in in the is the co-pilot. It's me and the dog at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Then you start the dog is second place to a conservative man. You get rid of all the people. You start just you have this dumbass fucking thing that can't think that is just going to use you to survive and you start convincing yourself that you have a fucking deep bond with it.
2: That's my father-in-law. They got these two dogs and he he hated them at first and then you know, spent a lot of time with them and now he's like I mean, he's like I don't want to leave the house cuz I can't take the dogs with me, you know? Right. <laughs> he just is like uh uh he he hates everybody, you know, but loves those two fucking dogs, man, you know. Well, uh,
0: did, did yeah, I don't I feel, I don't want to be mean to pet owners, so we got to go to the next one. But did you see the Dimitri Martin skit when he talked about pets? No and about how when like you try to when you open the door the dog is trying to escape and like everybody has to come together to prevent the dog yeah. from escaping <laughs> so it can remain a prisoner to the owner yeah like no 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 no. don't open the door it'll try to run away and get away from us we're, yeah. we're holding it hostage here it has yeah. to stay here because we love it too much
2: well i think pet i i think owning pets is great like it's like yeah, I if it's too. good for you as a person sure. it's great You know, if it's not
0: good for you as a person, you shouldn't feel forced to do it. This is like having a baby to save a relationship, like getting a dog to save your life. I got a dog when I lived in a fucking apartment. I got a German Shepherd that shouldn't live in a fucking apartment. It should have a yard. (laughs) Yeah. It should never. It shouldn't be in in 900 square feet of space ever.
2: Yeah. Uh, Number five here is buy them ridiculously dangerous toys, which is kind of not. These conservatives, like, why not just buy them a gun? I guess. I'm into it.
0: I like this one. I mean, when when we did the, uh, when we did the carnival thing for back to school, um, I didn't like when you're old, this kind of stuff is like, you think that the kids aren't going to be impressed with it because they have iPads and everything, but I put real steel tip darts in front of them and they thought they were holding murder weapons. Yeah, like they were literally grazing their fingers across the tip. They were so fucking impressed by darts.
2: Now we used to play with darts out of the BB gun. You could not a BB gun, but like a uh, you used. To, we used to make darts that you could put in
0: blowgun. Do you blow remember blowguns? Yeah, but, yeah,
2: but trigger pull. I'll have to have Jason explain Dark it gun. to you. Dark gun. Yeah, yeah, we used to play with those. Jason used to let us shoot him.
0: Right. <laughs> all the
2: time. He'd be like, shoot me right here. And like it was up a uh, uh, collarbone area. Right. And then he would let you rub it against his collarbone. And it was like, ooh, this is gross. But, you know, yeah. fun. Uh, uh,
0: also. This is. Go. I agree. I think I I think I think that people are too don't let their kids do dangerous enough stuff. I think, but I, I think we did a helicopter parent thing in a way.
2: Yeah, me and you have talked about that when we hang out and we go to like uh you know when we go hiking and we're up on a big cliff and you're with the kids and everybody's like in meltdown mode up at the top of this big cliff and you're like, look, some kids, you know, are not as careful as they should be, but they're not gonna run off the edge of a cliff.
0: Yeah, yeah. They noticed Away.
2: Yeah this is tucker carlson's one so it's uh he 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 says uh uh daily caller editor tucker carlson reminisces about the risks of his childhood whether underage driving constructing a remarkably effective frame thrower with his brother or staging bottle rocket wars and pellet gun fights in their backyard by the time he had kids of his own he laments america's moms were firmly in charge and that meant oh, safety was a obvious. virtue for its own sake a concept that had never occurred to me growing up so he engaged in what he called low-grade subversion with his kids buying them an arsenal of air rifles and blowguns, and helping them fire barbie dolls out of potato cannons on one occasion the cannon wasn't working so carlson did something he still regrets i unscrewed the back of the gun stuck my face close to the combustion chamber and unaccountably pressed the igniter the fireball that emerged vaporized most of the hair above my shoulders but at least his kids learned something i wish that was there was a potato in it when tucker carlson was doing it but uh uh you know
0: well the why they got to take moms down yeah that was stupid Dangerous moms. You know, we shouldn't go after moms for it. It's not, you know. No, I don't think I blame moms. It's not moms that stopped anything.
2: Yeah, we did it. Men had just as much to do with it. Men make rules too,
0: you know? Yeah, the other thing I have to say, um, you know, I guess I'm revealing myself to be a conservative dad here. Uh Uh-oh. I do think that, so there was a, a friend of mine whose dad built a potato gun with him.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun.
0: Right, and 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 he would go to a field, and he knew how far the potatoes went, and he plotted everything out, and we would go fire potatoes, got, potatoes, and he had a banana cannon. He so it screwed off, so you could shoot like apples, bananas, toilet paper. He had all these different barrels for it that they had made. That was a great time, but when we did it illegally without our parents knowing, then we like started pointing out animals you know we started pointing it at houses <laughs> like we started you like i like I, I don't think that you can just hand over a weapon and dangerous stuff to kids you do got to be in there
2: no yeah you i mean i don't think i've never been my daughter isn't into any of this stuff that's the show her potato with gun see what she says Turn no do you think if I, you know her, you think if I was like, hey, I got a potato gun, you want to go out and shoot it in a field that she would be like, yes, she would say, I want to stay home. And I'm I'm watching Criminal Minds right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's also, going back to the dangerous toys thing, um, I have a go-kart at my house and my daughter is seven. So she has a better understanding of riding a go-kart. Um, but this year, there has been two four-year-olds that have driven the go-kart by themselves, and it has been a huge disaster in the most hilarious way. Uh, but there was uh, this kid that comes over and for that was watching over the summer. He has to drive the go-kart, and I thought he had driven it before. I didn't realize <laughs> that, like, Charlotte was riding it with him. And so – He's like, can I drive the go-kart? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. He punches the gas and hits this fucking hill and bounces off the seat. He's sideways and he's falling off of it. And I'm screaming, let go, let go, break, stop. And he's screaming, bouncing off, almost flying off of this thing, goes around the corner into the backyard and uh, I go back there to see what happens. He's already jumped off of it, and he comes up, and his like hands are behind his back, and he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done with the go kart. I'm 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 done I'm I'm done with the go kart today. I, I think I think I think I'm gonna be done with the go kart." <laughs> and he scared the shit out of himself so bad. Um, I think he's going to respect wheeled vehicles. Yeah, like, I think he got a healthy respect for wheeled vehicles and what an engine can do if you fuck around too much.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I am, I'm kind of with you on the dangerous toys. I, I'm not a big stickler for safety sort of thing. I just, I took Gwen when she was like five or six to fly a kite, and it, she cried because it was too high up in the air. Yeah. So it was just sort of like she just isn't into. She was never into it, so I couldn't.
0: Do fun, do things like that. Here's one for my conservative mom, wife, (laughs) my wife, the conservative mom. She never got the plastic safety scissors. Charlotte has used metal sharp ass scissors since she was two or three years old. Like I I specifically asked, I was like, I'm going to go get some of those like plastic safety scissors. And Erica was like, those things don't cut. Like those aren't real scissors, they're bullshit. And then just had, had Charlotte use real scissors and she respected it and was fine with it. There was no, like, she didn't try to cut her fucking own head off. Like they're not, they're never like that.
2: Yeah, no, they don't like decide like, well, I got these scissors now. I'm going to cut my finger off real quick. Yeah, I'm just going to cut my pinky off. It's the smaller finger. Right. Um, Teach your kids to pray. Number 6, I'm not going
0: uh, to. You know what yeah. I
2: mean? The conservatives gratitude always got to get a gratitude journal, yeah. gratitude
0: journal maybe. Mm. I All right. no, they said praying, which is yeah, a waste of time.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's too much, you know. Uh give up on those dreams of your child's athletic glory. <laughs>
0: okay, wait, that's for that. Well, that's for conservatives. <laughs> that's number dads.
2: 7. That's
0: a good one. That's a, that's a stiff drink, right? That's a kick in the nuts for a dad like your boy isn't going to make you know, the NFL. Yeah.
2: Once you realize that the best kid on the team that just thrashed your son's high school football team has an offer to be a walk on at Indiana state, you will decide it may not hurt your athlete, hurt your athlete to miss a few practices to study for his AP chemistry test. Explains David Berg. Your Uh, son will go. Your son will go on to college where, like you, his athletic career will, will consist primarily of an indoor and pre-game beer bongs. This will not help him achieve his dream of pro sports stardom, but that's okay because he or you will no longer have those dreams.
0: Okay, that's a good one. I, I think I Tell agree your with Kitty that. kid he stinks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. You're not good at this. Don't... I mean, how many... There's so many parents that get so caught up in the games. They get, they, they get, they get like kicked out of games. They're like, even I remember at like fourth and fifth grade soccer games, there were parents that just ran the whole field yeah. with their child. They were just a constant voice behind their kid screaming what to do. Like they were their fucking co pilot in the game.
2: My daughter played in a league that was mostly suburban. Kids from the suburbs, but like we kind of live in the in the city.
0: Suburban kids from the suburbs,
2: yeah, like the outer suburbs, the, right, exurbs, the real suburb the,
0: outside the outer belt. Yeah, outside yeah. two hundred and seventy. Uh,
2: and there was such a huge gulf in the way that the parents acted, and these these Hilliard, the Hilliards, your Dublin's, your your exurbs out there. I mean, their kids would be beating our kids like. 10 to nothing in a soccer game yeah. and it was like i never felt bad for gwen's team because they were there to eat yogurt
1: yeah. you know what i yeah. mean
2: they just wanted to eat yogurt and hang out with each other and we weren't taking it super seriously but i would see parents like screaming at eight-year-olds yeah to to run up it you know you don't dog it and stuff like that pick and it it's up like, yeah it's just like it's not that fucking important, dude. Even if it was, even if it was like your kid was going to be a pro when you're eight years old, like you don't have to take it super serious. That's
0: also something that there's not an amount of screaming or yelling or intimidation that can make it happen. I, athlete people do athlete stuff. They're, they're just, they are that way They they get into it and they find it and they decide to do it. And that's, that's it, you know, like, uh, for for the majority of them. It's my niece.
2: Yeah. My niece is very athletic, and she worked all her life, even unconsciously worked all her life, to get to the point where she's good at sports.
0: She, she wants to be... She wants to be dead tired. She wants to do sixty minutes of extreme competition and activity every single day of her life yes to to feel regular
2: I always think about how we have like a pillar in our house that's like a shelf in between rooms, right, and we keep like candles on it or whatever, and it's pretty high up and I remember we would she would be at our house watching t v and she'd be holding herself up, like basically doing like a pull-up, holding herself up, watching whole TV shows. And it's like when she decided I want to be an athlete, I was kind of like, "Well, you're you probably
0: going to be an athlete, you know?
1: What I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good idea. If yeah, you use that for something. You know, just, you can't strong. just be the bat person that." That digs your toenails into the ceiling uh and hangs upside down to watch a tv show
2: you can't just think about you you can't decide what your kids do is the biggest no, that's what it is you can there. never
0: decide what your kids do that's
2: what a lib You're that's what i ride that's what i say you can't you don't get to decide what your kid you know it's funny uh, you think about like my kid when your kid's real young and they're into like the same kind of music you're into. You're like, I really gave this kid some good musical taste, and it's like they just haven't figured out how to have their own music. Yeah, taste. someday. Yeah, yeah. They'll actually they're
0: not have to express themselves.
2: Yeah, they're gonna decide that they don't like what you I, like and that they like what they like.
0: Dude, my biggest one for me right now is just my kid has. Just the some of the behavioral problems and the attitudes are so are just presenting themselves right now, and I'm just trying to figure out damage control to make it. Uh, how do how do I get her into a smoother existence than me when I had all these same fucking problems? And you know, they're such a carbon copy. You know, yeah. And you well, just but they yeah. and, and, and but it's also a lot of the same bullshit that you go through that you only learned it by going through a ton of it but you you really want them to yeah my daughter has pick it up faster my
2: daughter has my same like motivation like issues and like the crippling like lows like uh 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 don't want to do anything you don't yeah. want to be seen enjoying stuff yeah you know, she has like all that stuff that I thought was super was what made me cool when I was growing up. And it's like you did just makes you say you don't do anything yeah, that you well, want to do.
0: Yeah. And that's the same with like my daughter is just like so not into school and the grades, but like she's into jokes and like the getting along and stuff and. Like, I know that works, but I'm like, I was so lucky because I would just be the funny guy at like a shitty job without like what we're doing now. And I don't know how somebody that does isn't interested in school. I can't convince them that there's no reason to be interested in school if you're not. It's a waste of time if you don't see if you don't see yourself getting anything from it or being a part of it. Like, I'm not going to try to force you. It's important for a lot of people, but if she's already just like into the creative stuff and it's like, that's, you're not going to need to know this stuff is, is useless. Like they're going to grade you. They're going to assign letter grades and numbers to your value, but based upon who you are and what you can do, none of that will be relevant.
2: I mean, I see it as it's good to jump through hoops, I Because, agree. like I at agree. a certain point in your life you're no matter what if she decides to take our career path, yes, there are multiple hoops we've had to jump through to i mean probably more than any other career i've ever had Every to day. do this
0: no i mean i'm do I'm doing real office work now, and i've already told her like I have to do school work, I have to do. I have to turn in assignments that I don't want to do, and I want—I'm—I'm inv- I'm avoiding them all day long. But I have to turn in these assignments to get the next thing to happen.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you have to do, and it's very much like uh, uh, school is a good place. to send somebody to and there is a knowledge base that gets built the reading and some of the math skills are like especially in elementary school those help i think it's easier though to articulate that stuff when they're headed into middle school and high school and that you just kind of have to hang on until they get to a place where you can reason with them
0: right well, and, and 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 that's the thing too is like I think she I think it'll come to her. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not saying she's not built for school. I, I think she'll be fine. Uh, but there is like there's that moment where it's like, well, if you reject school and you want to do crust punk, like you have to sign on all the way for like living outside of society like, yeah. like, figure you, like you need to know where you're going in whatever way it's going to be i just want to like i'll be there i want to help you plot it out let's like put some dream boards together i'm like how you're going to make this happen
2: yeah you should be pushing if she's Telling jokes and stuff, you should be pushing her she's to learn drawing, how to tell
0: jokes. She's drawing like crazy, and um, i like I never got to do that, and I wanted to, and it wasn't the it was it was seen as something that wasn't a viable career. Yeah, uh, by the adults that I was around, it was like, how are you going to make money from drawing pictures? Yeah,
2: I know, <laughs> but
0: it's um, <laughs> my life. She's so on point and so good at illustration. Uh, and then like, I look at all like the weirdos that do the stuff for the zine. And I'm like, I mean, if she could slot, if she can at least slot her way into that, you know, like that would be ideal, but like she has it. And if she starts now and keeps at it, like, you know, she has, she'll have something to offer, you know? Yeah. So number, I don't want to commodify like all of her interests too.
2: Yeah. Number eight on here is demystify sex, but not too much. Okay. Uh, we had the sex talk with the, when he had the sex talk with his fifth grader. Explains Weekly Standard writer Matt Labosh. It probably scared my son off of sex for a good while by overloading him with too much detail. But maybe scaring him wasn't the worst thing. These people,
0: they can't fucking do anything without scaring yeah. somebody. I um, I agree with it. I think I'm going to come on the side of conservative dad again. No. Oh. I don't think. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think that you have to go into it with scariness, but they're going to be scared away. Like they don't want to hear that, they right? Don't want to hear I you mean, say but that stuff. But they. I mean, the just thing is, that they learned... talk to them about sex. Is like, I love this kind of conservative dad because I don't think this is conservative at all. I don't think this is none of this is a conservative dad I've ever heard of in my fucking life that would talk to a fifth grader about sex. I mean,
2: they learn the practical shit, though, in fifth grade. So they learn in school the practical stuff. It's your job to teach about the emotional and uh, the emotional part of it, which they can't teach in school. And it's like that is what your job is, 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 in my opinion, like you don't have to teach them what a fucking uterus is. That's not like you don't sit them down and try to scare them away in that way. You talk to them about the emotional aspects of it, the emotional toll it can take, the the downs. The even the school's going to teach them about the downsides too. But you can, you know, reiterate that kind of stuff. It's but I think a healthy. I I think it's more healthy to try not to scare your kids in any of these cases.
0: Well, well, when you tell them about smashing your dick with like a book and the cottage cheese comes out, when are you supposed to bring that up
2: you don't you don't have to do that, but I mean, they learn this shit so young now anyway. This is just like an outdated way to no. think about this shit too because they 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 are making sex jokes very young now because mm-hmm. they're online all together and they're doing that stuff. My daughter knows shit that like i didn't tell her about you know yeah i mean she's
0: too old though she's already done yeah but i mean
2: we did talk about that sort of thing not as kids
0: they don't they don't talk to kids about sex stuff at all
2: in fifth grade
0: yeah maybe in fifth grade
2: yeah that's what they're saying here a fifth grader they do in school talk to kids about sex in the fifth grade was that fifth grade? I That's what that. well it, it was for. They gave me. us
0: deodorant. I remember they gave us deodorant because they told us our pits were gonna start stinking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They gave us, I think they did that for us too. They gave us deodorant. We were we really handled. I I mean, I don't know about we. I handled it very poorly when they taught it in fifth grade. But I think for my kid, they taught it in fifth grade and sixth grade. Like they they keep a kind of dialogue going about it in health class. There is always a health class chapter on sex. And I just think the school does a really good job of teaching them, like, I don't. the very practical, like, you, then you do this, and that you Our need school. to sit down and explain to them, like, you know, do you have any questions about sex? Do you have, you know, w- emotionally? And stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the school does a terrible job. America does a terrible fucking job. I don't think people know shit about sex, and I don't think that it's up to snuff. I think it's all bad. Sex is bad? Sex ed in, in America is bad.
2: Pete O'Brien disagreed. No, but, I mean, you gotta look at it the same way that I look at all of school. Is that, like, they're there to learn the base amount of information And then it's your job to add on to that and help them learn how to critically think and and stuff like that. But you're
0: not conservative dad. So I think the conservative dad is not living up to his principles.
2: The conservative dad sitting down. uh, uh, I guess, I mean, conservative dad doesn't really talk about sex. My, my, you know, my dad's lib dad, and he didn't talk to me about sex. I don't think it's really weird too. I don't think parents of our generations really talked about sex. Some, you know? yeah,
0: some did, but I don't know who. I don't know anybody
2: that had the talk. I don't either. You know, it I learned it TV from my show. friends.
0: There were so many TV shows about the talk, but yeah. never an actual person I knew that had the talk. Dude,
2: it's like renewing your vows.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: exactly the same thing. Yeah. The talk. I mean, I'm sure we'll get people saying that they had the talk with their parents when they were younger. I've talked about the talk. I have my, my, my friend got pregnant. Uh, my friend got pregnant and I was going over to see the baby when we were 17. I was going over to see their baby and my parents said, hey Brian, if you don't want to uh, have a kid, you might want to use a condom and then my dad yelled as I was walking out of the door, use two! <laughs> and that was it. That's the only time we've ever talked about sex, me and my parents. That's great. And you know, you know my attitudes about sex too, you know.
0: You use two condoms.
2: No, I don't use two <laughs> condoms, I
0: but I do. always said that to me. I
2: am very That's reserved. That's all I ever heard was that you yeah. learned
0: from your dad to use two condoms.
2: But I'm a prude and I'm super reserved and stuff like that and, like, uncomfortable and squeamish about it because I think, like, uh, uh, it wasn't something that. I felt like I could talk to any adults in my life at that time about.
0: Your dad never said, don't give it to her until she busted open.
2: No, my dad never, my, my dad never literally said anything to me,
0: you know? <laughs> no, mine didn't. My parents didn't either. My, I yeah. mean, I was, yeah, I was uncontrollable. I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I was a, I was a man at 14. I was a conservative dad at 14 myself. So, yeah. And I really, I really had my own thing going on and my own money at that point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing they have here is talk to them about the most important decision they'll ever make. Marriage. Which is. No. Don't that's, do that. Why are we don't doing do that? that? Yeah. They don't have to hear about that.
0: If, they know that that is a possibility. If you find someone else stupid enough to make that decision with you, go for it. But that's not something to plan for. Yeah.
2: When a son or daughter asks about marriage, compare it to listening to their favorite song, but only that song for the rest of your life.
0: (laughs) That is, that is, that makes marriage sound terrible. Duality by Slipknot, Every Day of My Life.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't even think. So, the only song. No Colors
0: by by, uh, Crossfade. Or no, Shine by Crossfade, sorry. That's my song.
2: Yeah, the only song I'm allowed to listen to is Rearranged by Limp Biscuit for the entire rest of my life. Not bad. That's it. That's not not what marriage is like. I was talking about this online the other day. Uh, Somebody said, imagine if you got married to the person that you were with when you were like between 19 and 22. And I was like, I like actually did that.
0: Yeah, I can't help but disrespect that. Okay, <laughs> no, I mean no. I mean I'm I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean I'm just saying. Like I have I I don't think that's a bad thing. But I also, it's like how people shit on people that didn't go to college. It's I just can't help but being like, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me because it wasn't my lived experience. You know.
2: Sure. I mean, but people change. You know, and I'm not exactly the same person I was when I was 19 and neither is my wife. Right. You know, I grew and changed with somebody over 20 years, well, 22 years. Like I, I, I just had a different experience than people who dated and like maybe did all of that other stuff. I can understand thinking that I'm like naive or something like that. But like, I don't think it's a negative thing the way that i decided to
0: do the do that part it's, of my it life seems to wear that way to people that didn't do it
2: yeah but it's not i'm not unhappy i'm not out i'm not uh, like i'm i'm not sitting around wishing that i could go out and be with multiple women or something like that that's not something that i i wish for or anything i'm like i found somebody i like and I'm with her, you know. Yeah. That's the way I see it. I don't see it as like a negative thing. Right. You know, and like I said, I I had the experience of growing and changing with a person. And like we were very lucky that like the changes that happened are sort of roughly the same and we were like simpatico and it was a it's been able to work out up to now. So,
0: Yeah, I'm pro not getting married. For most people, I don't. I think that there's a reason they end up in divorce because people are stupid when they make the decision. I don't. I think it's a perfectly good idea for people that know what they're doing, but I think that most people uh, don't know what they're doing.
2: (laughs) Right. I don't think I'm not saying that people have to get married, and I'm even saying that talking to your kids about marriage is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Right. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like. I'm saying that, like, uh, uh, I didn't even marry Katie until we were together for over a decade. I just sort of was, at that point, we were like, what are we actually going to do? And again, like, I don't think people should live their lives like I did. I just think that it worked out for me.
0: I think that marriage is something that it shouldn't be. I think that that's like a personal thing, like using crack cocaine or curl, being on a curling Athlete, I think it's a personal decision. I do, I do think that we should move away from like moving society towards that it's also we fucked up there's like there's no way to live on your own there's no way that people can live a fully individual life and realize their own potential there's no freedom to live on your own you literally have to saddle yourself with like another person to get by in the world like that's what we've set people up with it's like you're 19 you're 20 uh you can't afford apartment on your own do you want to live with like three of your worst friends or (laughs) are you just going to put up with a partner you know yeah
2: yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I don't think, again, like, I don't, I, I, it's not saying anything about you. If I, yeah, I guess if, uh, you know, if somebody's happy and they're making, like you said, if you're making that decision, that's fine. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't think marriage is something you have to talk to a kid about. I, I don't think that's a I, conversation
0: you have to have with a kid. We, I, I got in an argument. Oh, I got some, we had an issue this, this year with uh boyfriend, girlfriend stuff with seven and eight year olds. And I had to sit them all down and tell them that like, you're not, your life should not revolve around finding a Prince Charming or a romantic partner or somebody else. Like you need to get your own shit together before you start trying to find someone else. Like if if you, (laughs) a fucking person to fill the void inside of you is not going to, to, to help you in any way.
2: You mean I said that to seven year olds? Don't rope your, don't try to rope somebody into your shit. Yeah. Your shit's taken
0: care of. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. All right. That's the show. Conservative dads.
0: Conservative dads. Yeah. They know a thing or two. I don't think they're that conservative, though. Uh, It was a little too lenient. This felt too soft to me. Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't old school enough.
2: It was kind of old school. It was kind of old school. Because it was also... Yeah. I mean, some of it was old school. Some of it wasn't. Like I said, talking to a fucking 11-year-old about marriage seems like a fucking weird decision to yeah. me. <laughs> a
0: very conservative
2: decision,
0: you know? Convincing everybody to buy a dog also not 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 really a good... That's not like a rule for life. That's not a rule to live siblings, by. Siblings.
2: Yeah, we siblings. that. Yeah, and also yeah. not a rule for life. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was pretty dumb it was as dumb as any conservative I shit it.
0: i think we ought to look at stuff in there sure i guess i you feel like i judge you for your marriage now no i'm fine i wasn't trying to shit on you it's okay <laughs> uh well listen to street fight radio we'll be back bye
1: Place she wants to go. She thinks that Dracula is so divine. And she wants to go steady with the Frankenstein. She's crazy about the creature from her outer space. She thinks that the werewolf has the fuzziest face. She's gonna have a party in the mummy's tomb. And she's in love with the creature from the black lagoon. My baby loves the horror. My baby loves a horror movie My baby loves a horror movie yeah, well. She's mad about the monster from the Black Museum The invisible man, and she can't even see him I better do something to get close to her Or I'll lose godzilla or tarantula i gotta find somebody who can make me change into a horror monster with a face that's strange i know that girl would have eyes for me if i looked like a man from a million bc my baby loves a horror movie my baby loves a Got the wildest laboratory that you ever seen And over in the corner is a monster machine I say, looky here, Professor Man, you know what I mean Come on and make me like a monster on a movie screen My baby says that she don't like my face So I gotta have a scary one to take its place My baby loves a horror movie My baby loves a horror movie